All right, everyone, if you're tuning in, this is our first podcast. My name is Grayson, and... My name is Brian. And uh, we just decided to, listen, we we met, and we're just uh, talking a shit ton before, and we're like, we, we should start talking about movies and everything. Exactly. That's exactly how it happened. <laughs> so what did you want to talk about? Last time I talked to you, you were just like, you need to go see Barbie. Yeah, uh, I think it was was the big Barbie, the Barbieheimer, Barbie Oppenheimer debate, and I was saying you Uh should go see Barbie. Uh, I think I saw I saw it once, and then my friends saw it, and of course everyone had opinions about it. Some good, some bad, some surprising actually. But uh, yeah, I mean we should go ahead and just talk about a little bit. So you want to? What was surprising? What's surprising about Barbie? Uh, well, what was surprising was that. Like my best friend, I thought when him and his girlfriend were going to go see it, I thought his girlfriend was going to love the movie. And then we ended up going out to get like drinks, like all of us, like my my friends, his friends and his girlfriend. And then she's like, I hated that movie. She's like, it was so (laughs) dumb. It was stupid. It made no sense. And I was just like, wow, I'm shocked because out of all the people like she's so cause driven and kind of considers herself kind of like all about equality and women's rights and, you know, just holding her own. So I thought she really would, you know, really appreciate the message, but she was like, nah, you know, I'm, I'm good on this. And I was like, okay. So that was kind of surprising. What do you feel like the message of that movie was? In a nutshell, that girls can be anything they want to do, be anything they want to be. Okay. Yeah. That's, that's what I take, took from it. I, I feel like every, uh, every single review like had a different message they got from the film. Yeah. Um, Cause like, I didn't go see Oppenheim, right? I should, but like, I, I wanted to go see Barbie and my mother was like, I want to see that. And I was like, Oh, okay. Cause I knew some guy friends that were like, I don't want to go see that. Yeah. And so I've seen Lady Bird. I've seen her previous movie, you know, it's been a while. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was, uh, I mean, I, I thought, I thought it was really funny. I enjoyed the movie. I get some of the stuff she was saying. I feel like a lot of it was her kind of pointing out a lot of things, but not giving an answer to anything because like the, the issues talked about, like there's very, a lot smarter people that haven't found the answer to anything. But I, um, my message from it is like to stop. Women should not hold themselves up to unrealistic expectations kind of be happy with themselves but also realize that they're worth more than they're than they think they are uh, that's what that's what i feel like it was but i don't know it'd take maybe more viewings yeah i definitely agree i think we're kind of touching on the same note where i say that women can be anything you want to be you're saying you know women um women definitely like shouldn't hold themselves to like society standards and margins so it's all kind of based on some of like achievement and you know and i definitely agree with all of that i definitely was not the target audience of that movie because i don't know why i think a lot of people i didn't we didn't really know what it was about we just knew that margot robbie and will Ferrell and Issa Rae, all these america for all these actors were in it and it was going to be kind of funny but i was surprised mm-hmm. at how serious the movie got you know because i was expecting some laughs and it was funny throughout the whole thing especially the i'm just ken with ryan gosling but uh i don't know <laughs> it, it got deep pretty it, it got deep pretty quick and you know it was a it was kind of a the a rude awakening the, but it was needed the part where she goes to the high school and she starts crying 
Yeah. <laughs> that 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 got me. Yeah. I was like, yeah, that's pretty that's pretty messed up. Like yeah. like Barbie's just like, this is supposed to bring happiness. She's yeah. Like you ruin expectations of women. You're too too perfect. Yeah. Um I think my favorite part was was when Ryan Gosling he goes in the building and he sees like all like the old like nostalgia and history of like men just like unveiling of all this patriarchy just it was just so funny to see it was it was it was funny as shit yeah there was a lot of good stuff in the movie visually it's amazing it's one of the best looking movies definitely. that's been out definitely um, that, that dance scene made me want to get up and start dancing in the theater <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness okay so maybe like were, did you hear like some not so good things about it or like anybody from your own personal experience we're just like i'm not really a fan of this no you're good can you hear me now okay yeah yeah i can hear you fine go ahead i was gonna say so did you have like did you hear any opinions from anyone in your personal experience or just like online or whatever of people who kind of like didn't have like the best things or like best takes about it or just like kind of which is very surprising to you not even necessarily bad just surprising um i don't know really uh i know that no i mean i've I've seen some people online talk but in my personal life i don't know a lot of people who went my mom uh, thought the movie was great the people that were there seemed to dig it too mm -hmm. um i don't know why like the way i see this film is it, it is the director like also wrote this and everything like it's 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 someone giving their viewpoint on something yeah and you can uh you can agree with it or not but it makes valid points and it's fun like yeah. regardless it's a, it's a fun movie um and there's some stuff in there that i was kind of like i got like one or two things out of it that kind of changed my perspective a bit on things because um, something one of the characters said is something I said before, and I was sitting there going, "Huh," and um, and yeah, it, it makes you think a bit. But it it's uh, my my whole issue with the movie um, is when they constantly talk about patriarchy stuff, and it's the it's the um, they're saying it, and not showing it. Where when they when they show what's happening with the kins, which is the opposite of what happens in the real world that's like the best way to do it you know what i mean because it's a matriarchy in barbieville yeah and that's when it works the best and it's fine them talking about the patriarchy like when they go in the real world but at the end of it they just kept saying patriarchy all the time and i'm just like i'm like why don't you stop like explaining stuff like it's an anime uh yeah. <laughs> where you're like breaking down the fight like just show me Show me what's happening, and I'll like come to my own, like make an inference about it. Mm -hmm. Um, but at the same time, like, uh, nothing's perfect, it's not a perfect movie, it's a really good movie. Um, but I loved it. I mean, I did, I did not be like, oh man, this sucks, and I think that stuff's cool. The only thing I think is crappy is now all these studios want to make movies based off of toys but they're not going to pick a director that has like a message to say. And I think it's important to note because like, as you mentioned, you've seen lady lady bird. Um, I've never yeah. seen it. I'm, I'm actually kind of unfamiliar with Greta Gerwig's the director of this movie's work. This was the first project I've saw by her, but I definitely think that like 
studios are going to take a big more chance now on women considering that this movie made a billion dollars and she she made history um yeah yeah i don't think like i don't think um if i were to watch barbie again to be honest with you i think i would fast forward through the scenes i think i would like fast forward to the dance scene fast like the more happier note stuff and then like also sidebar alan was one of the best characters <laughs> in that movie. That's they kept trying yeah. to escape and they couldn't, and like he was fighting those people. Like the fight scene. Yeah, that that was just amazing. Like yeah, but when she, you know, Barbie, you know, main Barbie, Margot Robbie, she's entering this, this like that, like that room, and then it's showing like the whole thing of like maternity and stuff like that. Like only I feel like a female perspective and director could convey that message, you know, through like the female gaze, because there's no way I would have. I would have never thought of that. You know what I mean? Like, I just, we don't really think like that. So therefore to have that message presented in front of us, it was kind of like, oh, wow. Like this is actually really interesting and a really interesting take. So I appreciate it. You know what I mean? If I were to go back and watch it, I'll probably fast forward through some of the more, you know, serious stuff just to be quite honest. But um, it was cool. Yeah, it's, really cool to see. it's not a, yeah, it's not a perfect movie. It has, it has some, uh, it has an issue with flow mm-hmm. where, but like, there's some scenes that are kind of a little bit like you're kind of waiting to get to the next thing. Yeah, for sure. Um, but no, I mean, it's it's there's definitely like nothing really like it. Mm-hmm. Like that that that's the thing too is I think um, the whole thing about movies is taking chances, doing something different, and I feel like people are like, no one's gonna care to watch this film, and then everyone's like, I want to see this. Yeah, because it's interesting. It's something. Yeah something uh kind of cool mm-hmm. you know what's sad though sad. is like what happened to the marvel movies where they just kind of basically go from interesting characters and and like talking about things like iron man is is all about like the military industrial complex and stuff like the first one or like th- there's it's the fact that like this barbie movie had more depth and like in like it was more topical than anything Marvel's been making in like the last couple of years. Sure. Um, and I think that's good too. But yeah, I know I've seen on the news. Some people don't like it, but I enjoyed it. Uh, but when we're talking about these movies, did you see Oppenheimer? No. Okay. I haven't. Okay. I haven't either. No, I mean, it's long and it, it's just kind of, I hear it's an amazing movie and I might want to go see it. But with Barbie, I was like, I'm going to be in and out. It's probably yeah. going to just be fun. Yeah. And there's this thing with me where, you know, I love movies, but sometimes like, I don't like to feel like a movie is that long. And, you know, when you watch certain long movies, like Godfather Casino, like it doesn't feel that long interstellar too. But when you watch other stuff, like I still haven't seen the Irishman. I heard it was excellent. My brother saw that movie in theaters. It's like three hours and 29 minutes, I think. Yeah. Um, Out Atlas, like some of these and Oppenheimer was the same thing about this bomb where, I'm not saying this, these movies probably aren't phenomenal. Phenomenal. I'm just saying, like, for me personally, after about, like, two hours or two and a half hours, I probably might start checking out. You know what I mean? So, therefore, and I might miss key details. And in these Christopher Nolan movies, you cannot miss these details, you know, because they're intricate. You know what I'm saying? And they are so, you know, intertwined within the storyline where just one thing where you might, like, fall asleep might connect to something later in the last 30 minutes of the film. So, that's my thing with Oppenheimer, where I'm like, I'd rather just see it on a streaming service where I can add the subtitles, stop, 
pause, play, go back if I need to. You know what I mean? I'm not like in that experience where I just have to just be sitting lasered in for three hours. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, his, uh, well, it is weird because some of these movies can be really slow um, and you'll miss some stuff. I just remember uh, The Dark Knight was like two and a half hours, I it think. Was, it was like two hours and 30 minutes. Yeah, about that. Yeah. But like that movie just flew, but it was it went too fast where I remember by the end of it, I was like, oh, my God, like I'm just I'm stressed out, worn out. Really? Yeah, I remember seeing it in theaters and it was it was uh, I was so on edge that oh. by the end, the, the last 30 minutes, you were just kind of like I was kind of worn out. Oh, OK. Not saying I enjoy didn't enjoy it. Well, it was just one of those things where, like, it, it was flying at such a pace. Because if you go and watch that movie, like, uh, the reason The Dark Knight's so good is there's, for the first, like, two hours, there's, like, never any time wasted at all. Like, like as soon as that movie starts, it's just, like, bank robbery. We're going to go. Batman shows up. It, it just it just keeps escalating. Hmm. Um, and so that's why that movie's so good. But but I remember um, and it that might being... Be the, the greatest opening film like the greatest opening film sequence in history one of them it's it's in the top five it's definitely in the top five honestly but uh yeah going back to your point i just had to but, well speaking of batman they're but they're supposed to bring it uh the dark knight out the theaters and i never saw an imax and a lot of that movie was shot in imax and i was like i'm i might go do that because that movie's still really good yeah, see, I didn't have that movie theater experience. I saw it on a, I saw it on Redbox. So <laughs> it was still, I'm still on the edge of my couch, not the seat. You know what I'm saying? So I can mm -hmm. still like stop and, and maybe like don't want it to end. You know? So that's the good thing. Shout out to Redbox at that time. But I mean, I can yeah, have movie theater experience. I saw the second one in 2012, uh, Dark Knight Rises in theaters. But um, the first one, no, I can only imagine seeing. The first one in 2008 when that came out i know that was something did you ever see batman begins yeah okay okay mm -hmm. i was just making sure um so we're talking about warner brothers which warner brothers went they did the barbie movie it's made a ton of money dune was supposed to come out and i guess because of the saga after strike and yeah. also because of money because mm -hmm. they they need to make sure per year they they're looking good for like their stock their shareholders mm -hmm. um they're delaying soon till march because barbie made so much oh. um, see, see i think i heard of something like that but i never checked in i heard it over the news but i did never checked in to like confirm it so you're saying dune isn't coming out in november anymore i think i think it's march yeah it's not coming out this year and oh, for wow. me in my head it's because of like oh they probably made enough money, especially with Barbie, and they're like, we'll just release it at this other time with no competition, and that will do enough money for that quarter where mm -hmm. they'll still look good as a stock, maybe. Um, yeah. But I've heard so far that, like, with SAG, the SAG AFTA stuff, they projected mm -hmm. losing. A, a good chunk of money. It's like 500 million or something. Oh, wow. um, and it was something that came out basically saying that like, if they just agree to the terms, that's the same amount they've already lost. Uh, 
but they could continue making movies. So tell me what you know about the SAG after stuff, because I think we should pivot to that. Yeah, I mean, you know, people are pissed off. <laughs> you know, actors, writers, you know, they are pissed off and you know rightfully so you know it's it, it and it's so the crazy part is it it can go on for so long because the extent of this like it's like nothing new and it kind of comes with these streaming services you know what i'm saying because you have and the use of ai because here we go ai is just a controversial topic within itself you know what i mean but i mean where do you want to start you want to start from the the actors you know the actors are saying you know um it's an issue as far as like their like their likeness, you know what I mean? But also the writers and the writers that might I saw something where kind of limiting the use of AI where writers feel like they might not even need they might not be needed in the future because now that the these directors and studios have AIs, but also going into the residual effects because we've seen how these streaming services where with so many shows nowadays on uh platforms with hbo max hulu you know netflix where a lot of these these shows like the witcher stranger things stuff like that there are 10 minute i mean not sorry not 10 minute 10 episodes an hour long and then that might even euphoria on hbo max and that'll have to span for like three three years you know what i mean versus back in the early 90s where you had like friends you know dawson's creek you know early 2000s one tree hill where you're having these even the cw you know you you're having these 20 these uh twenty to twenty two episodes twenty through twenty to twenty two episodes in a season, right? And they're like forty five minutes long. So you know these, Jesus Christ. Yeah, these actors are able to hold themselves over. You know what I mean? And like they even did a study where like Friends, all these people from Friends, you know, they're still making millions and millions of dollars to this day off the residuals. But now, you know, especially with the inflation costs and stuff like that in these contracts, these writers and actors aren't able to hold themselves over for three to uh, three or four years you saw i don't know if you saw that thing but there was this actress from orange is the new black and she was on social media talking about how uh i think the last time, i never watched that show but i think it ended in 2017 or 2018 and basically how she had like no money to her name and stuff like that so it's a very real thing and i think you know people in that industry understand it but from like people who are not you know familiar with that are probably thinking these people have all this money and they're making so much money over these years that you know they can hold themselves over and they're like no that's actually not the case you know what i mean well what's interesting is like a lot of this is because you know a lot of actors have unions and so mm -hmm. that's why they're negotiating this because like people would say like okay what's the difference then for an animator because or a computer program or something where you know they help make this amazing platform or operating system or whatever and they just got paid for it and they don't make residuals mm -hmm. and it's like well they probably should have formed a union because yeah. um, you always hear about that story about like the guy who helped make the OS for Microsoft mm -hmm. and just got paid. He doesn't make anything from it from now on, you know? Yeah. <clears throat> and, um, and so that's the whole thing with actors is you do that one job, but if it keeps getting paid and having a likeness, your likeness shown again and again, like maybe you should get paid for something for it. And they had that for TV, but not for streaming. And um, have you talked to anyone in acting about this stuff? No, I haven't. Have, it, have, have you? I talked to a person who does voice acting for Nickelodeon. Um, and, well, it's, it's something that I've been like, I took a class from them just recently or started. And 
because I, I know a lot about the video game industry because I always wanted to either like, produce games or write about them or do something in gaming. Mm-hmm. And you, you could learn a lot from gaming because gaming started out with like sex and selling and advertising. They did, um, you, you could learn about their business model. They were some of the first to do free to play stuff and, and, and getting people into ecosystems. Like if you watch games, you can learn everything about business and marketing. Um, so what's happening is voice acting is separate from that, but, uh, video games ever since, like, I think modern warfare two made more than avatar. Um, video games have been one of the biggest money makers, but people forget you have people that write that they're SAG oriented. They, they write games, they voice act, they do mocap, they direct the stuff, you know, they do sound design, like they're all in it. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I think it's Fran Drescher is like the whole one running was like the president of SAG. They basically were like, we might target video games next, like just to get the point across. Fran Dresser from the nanny. Yeah, I think it oh, is her. Wow. Oh, wow. We love Fran. Okay. <laughs> but like, that is what they might target. And to me, that would really cost them mm. because video games are such a moneymaker. Yeah. Um, that if that, if that happened, it would start hurting them. But then it also, well, I think it'd only be those big studios. I don't, I, maybe it wouldn't affect Epic because there's still groups that are able to do stuff if they agree to the terms. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, it's, it's definitely interesting because I'm even seeing like some of these very, very, you know, like well-known actors and actresses who have been in, very successful TV shows and movies and are like on strike. And then there's people in the comments that are like all that crying just to go back to your mansions. Like, you know, so it's, it's, it's just an interesting take because it's like you, you respect it. You know what I mean? Like it's in a way you, you respect it and you admire it. I definitely do. But then there's also people who are like us who aren't even like actors or famous or anything are like struggling and, you know, barely making ends meet and then here come these people who are just like almost like a privilege i don't know like some people probably might look at it as i'm just guessing like as a privilege to even go on strike when there's you know other people like ups who was set to go on strike and stuff and these amazon people yeah, they're also money. they're also people at ups that didn't they're like scabs basically yeah, so, exactly. so, so they didn't benefit from it because fuck them mm-hmm. um, yeah yeah i, I don't it, like so for me, it's like, it's like, yeah, like they're crying about it. But also here's the cool thing. If you really want to look at how it's set up is they just want to get what they're worth. Yeah. And what's funny is, is you have a ton of people that are complaining about this that are also more socialist mm-hmm. and are for pro unions. Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, these people are literally fighting yeah. for more ownership of the company and for, and to get their fair share, which is what you want to fight for. But because they make more than you, you don't want it. And so it's just counterintuitive. Yeah, for sure. Because yeah, I mean, a lot of a lot of us should look at what they're doing and go like, oh, we should do that. It's just kind of crazy how much the studios are willing to risk. I'm sure they calculate it where they're like, oh, we're going to lose a billion, but in the long run, we'll make an extra twenty million from it. Yeah, and I mean, there's no, there's no TV successful TV show without the writers you know what i mean and i, I even saw this thing i was watching Bro. On, i was, what yeah. was I watching last night i was watching 
Safe, the movie with Jason Statham, and um, I'm not sure you say his last name. I should, I should Statham. learn. Jason Statham. Jason Statham. Thank you for, thank you for, uh, thank you for. I don't know what's going on. Thank you for uh, showing me how to describe that. Why well, am I a little nervous, man? I'm a little nervous. I'm just talking. To you, I'm a little nervous. So, but yeah, I don't. Think, yeah, don't I, be nervous. I hope. I hope your audio shows up. It's showing up decent, but we should do that test again with we, you. We but should. I heard you on it. You, you know, we're just. We're if it doesn't, this. We're testing out all the cranks yeah. right now, bro. We're we're just testing. Yeah. This, this is our free. This is our free. <laughs> our free, our free our you know what I mean? So yeah. I was I was watching a movie last night. Uh, Safe. I don't know if you've seen it with Jason Statham. Man, basically, he does all his own stunts, and they're phenomenal. Phenomenal. They're exquisite to watch. I was like, wait a minute, these are so good. Like, and they're so intricate and stylized, where they're just so freaking succinct in how he's doing these punches and these kicks and these jabs and throws. And basically, he was saying how, like, he uh, pitched for, like, the Academy Awards to have their own category for uh, stuntmen or stuntwomen's work. And oh, yeah. And how, like, they were, like, hell nah, basically. But there is really no successful action movie without, you know, the stunt woman or the stunt man. And I think that's yeah. so true. And similar to these TV shows that we see where we're seeing these these plots and these conflicts and these twists and turns and stuff that's just so unpredictable. And you're just like, wow. And it's... It's the actors, right, on one note who are able to bring these emotions to the camera to, to allow us to feel something. But it's really these writers who are, you know, effectively putting these in these TV shows, because like you say, there's 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 really is no good TV show without the writers. So let me I, tell you, when when uh, that's when the writer strike happened, when like Lost and Heroes were out, it was like the worst thing that happened because like in lost it's like i think it's walt or whatever it's the kid mm. um he was important to the story but because of the damn strike and how long it got delayed he went through puberty and shit so they just yeah. had to write him out of the show yeah like, it changed everything and because i remember originally like i never finished lost i think i like read what happened the last episode but in the beginning he's like they're not in purgatory it's this other thing and then the writer strike happened at the end they were like that's ah, purgatory <laughs> like this is when fuck it like we, we don't care anymore yeah but i also heard like the network was like we need to like stretch this out more because it's making so much money so like slow down the show and then they're like okay because it was supposed to be shorter and then the writer strike happened and because of that and certain people aging and mm -hmm. just leaving they had to just change everything yeah that's similar to what happened i think because at that time when like lost and heroes like and stuff it's i was like six but reading back because i was watching prison break i still got to finish prison break such a good show and the first, i've seen some of that yeah yeah the first one seasons one two and four all have like 22 to 24 episodes but the third season only has 13 and i'm about to finish the third season and i'm like why is these why are these why is the season so short and then i was like oh 2006 the writer's strike so i was like oh that makes sense so going back to your old thing heroes Heroes premiered, I think, in 2006, too. So it all just comes back around. You know what I'm saying? Like, you can all trace yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Imagine a writer's strike happens, then, then the economy uh, falls. And so and so yeah. everything sucks, and all the shows <laughs> suck for the next two years. Yeah. They just so bad. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's like now when you look at TV shows and stuff, you're just like, is this some, is this some shit, or is there a strike going on? You know, or is this show actually trashed? You know, so stuff now we got to think about. Yeah, well, I mean, I don't know. Like, like there's, there's a, 
there's a lot of stuff going on. They're writing the shows, and there's a lot of bad writers too yeah. that run that. And I don't think they're really bad writers. I think the thing is, is they're hired to. The, the issue is, is when you don't have anything to say and mm -hmm. you're adapting something. Like I've heard about The Witcher, is they've changed a lot of the book, and because they have a certain like thing they want to say, and it's mm -hmm. like, well, then you're not adapting the material. You're you're writing fan fiction. Yeah. And it's like, no matter what it is, are you saying like, oh, well, we want a little bit more women-oriented stuff. It's like, well, then choose something else or make something else, you know, like, because otherwise you're you're not adapting the material. Now, Dune, um, the book, like, even though, like, uh, uh, is, I think it's Princess Aurora, like, she's like the narrator kind of of it uh, in a way. And, uh, you know, Paul's mom is a big portion. The Bene Gesserit are a big thing of women. They, uh, the guy who, um, Dennis, I can't say his last name, who directed Dune, like he made changes to give the women a little bit more agency in it. And it's fine because it doesn't mess up anything. It actually makes everything better. Um, and, and I, and also Dune would, it's something hard to adapt in a book. But like, there's there's always that thing about fans. It's like I want it how it was because I want to see this adaptation. But then it gets to the point where like you've made Spider Man like a shit ton of times, and all of a sudden you have Miles Morales as a black Spider Man, and people are like, I don't really like this. And it's like, bro, you can go back to any other Spider Man thing and watch it. I've never heard anyone say they didn't like the Miles Morales one. In the comic, in the in the Marvel community, they do. Run the comic books, not the movie. Okay. But but like, no, I love Miles. I mm -hmm. think it's great. The the new uh, that's the best Spider Man uh thing they've ever made. Mm -hmm. For me, it's it's Spider Man two, and then these animated films mm -hmm. are the best take on Spider Man ever. And then I'm like, well, they get it because like Spider Man is about, um, you know, he he's not rich, he's not perfect, he has. Uh, issues in his personal life he suffers a lot and then at the same time they're also saying that that shouldn't be why spider-man spider-man yeah because that's the whole canon thing yeah and, and so at the same time they're they're testing that theory so um i love it i love those fire did you see the latest one uh spider-verse 2 yeah no i still haven't seen it yet oh my god that's my favorite movie this year really Yes, yes. It is one of the, the best animated films. I love animated stuff. Um, so I went to see Puss in Boots, and that was really good. And I heard the new Spider-Man's coming out, and I'm like, I'm sure it'll be good as long as it's better than the first one or close to it. It's like it's like going for Batman to begin to the Dark Knight. Really? Yes, it's, it's like five times better than the first movie. Oh, wow. Well, I'll tell you this. Uh, I will be watching... The Flash that has now been uploaded on Max, and I can't wait to see that because I already knew it was going to be terrible, you know, prior to that. But everybody's like, I'm going to Michael Keaton, so I'm gonna go check it out, you know. So I'll probably watch that sometime this week. Uh, I know it's DC, and I know you can't compare the Flash to Spider Spider Verse two, but in the whole you know nutshell of superheroes, it just made me think that. So I had to just get that out there. So no, no, there's a lot that that's the thing too is I I think. Some people said it was good. Some they didn't like it. It's just weird because I just catching myself because I'm talking about like the different iterations of people pushing stuff, and I'm trying not to get sitting there. This should be about movies, but not be too political. But at the same mm -hmm. time, movies and art are political. 
Yeah, they can't. So, and how you interpret it. I don't think the Flash is at all. The Flash is just like whatever. Well, that's that's the thing. Like, I don't know if you know this about Spider-Verse, but the whole trans flag thing was getting people upset. Do you know what I'm talking about? I heard, heard something about that, yeah. Yeah, but it's like, it's not... The thing about the movie is it's it's very diverse and open, and it has a lot of different things, but it's not pushing any agenda. Mm-hmm. So when people are like, well, why does Miles have a BLM sticker? It's like, probably because he would. Yeah. <laughs> like, like that's that character. Yeah. Like, why does Gwen have a, a shirt or a poster that says protect trans youth? And I'm like, probably because that's how she thinks. Yeah. Like, yeah, like that's the character. She's not, uh, you know, saying that. And, and, um, and I think it's funny when people have a big issue with stuff like that because... Mm-hmm. Um, because anything, if it supports the character and makes, I cannot hear you. I'm going to have to use my wired headset. I think something broke my signal for a moment. Oh yeah. Cause so. you went out for like a good 20 seconds. So. I okay. To... So I, I just made a mark of that. I'll go edit it. This okay. is all we're testing it. Fuck right. it. Right. You, um, said, you, you know what? All I heard was, you know what? And I think you were going to start preaching. So. I don't know what it was. No, basically, I just don't want to sound ignorant as hell. Because mm-hmm. um, I'm very open-minded. Like, I, I try to understand the... Because we're so divided and divisive that mm-hmm. even someone that has a, a shirt or a post in the background creates outrage. Yeah. And I try to look from that perspective. I'm kind of, like, more... I'm super liberal, but I would say, like, I'm I'm still more moderate in a mm-hmm. way. I feel like I am more, yeah. um, and uh, and I just get mad when people freak out about stuff like that because I was just like, no. And then people are like, well, you know, what if uh, Gwen is a trans woman? I was like, okay, like, <laughs> like, like I don't fucking care. Like, like uh, it's great. She's my favorite character, by the way. Really? In, in the in this in those series, I think I think so far, and I wouldn't think it would be. But then again, like, you know, Euphoria, I love uh, Hunter Schaefer is, um, is uh, Jules. Okay. It's so, like, so, like, it's... So, was Kirsten yeah. Dunst your favorite in the original Spider-Man's? Or was... No, because that's Mary Jane's. Shit. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, bro. that's Mary Jane. Gwen Stacy, yeah. it was, it was uh, Bryce Dallas Howard. Yeah, was Gwen and Stacy. Emma Stone in Amazing Spider-Man, right? Emma Stone's good. Emma Stone's okay. good as Gwen Stacy. But see, yeah. in the comics, Mary Jane was interesting, but Gwen Stacy was not interesting. But then again, this is this is before like people got better at writing mm-hmm. characters, um, especially like women. Like you can write anyone; you just have to be able to have that perspective. Like George R. R. Martin is can write anyone. Right. No. Yeah. Going back to your point, you know, it's interesting. I just thought of something when you were like, "Oh, the littlest things get." you know, backlash or they're, they're controversial, mm-hmm. you know? And I was just got me thinking, I'm like, I already knew what part <laughs> is Go- going to Barbie opening night. As soon as I exited that film, I was telling my sister, I'm like, yeah, like p- there's going to be men and women, you know, but there's going to be a lot of men who probably have a problem with this movie. And then like, you know, like the Ben Shapiro type and, you know, other people are like, it's bad to be a man. Like it's bad to be a guy. You know what I'm saying? So 
it's just so interesting and i i don't even i'm not gonna even like hate on my best friend and i don't even think my best friend was feeling that movie at the time because he's pretty open-minded but at the same time like he's just like you know i didn't really care <laughs> you know what i mean so i could do i could do with barbie you know so it's just it's just I, interesting. I, i'll I'll tell you, there's that scene in that movie where all the Kens are talking to the Barbies mm-hmm. and they're talking about like just put up with their bullshit. They start making them turn on each other. Mm-hmm. And it's the scene where he's just like, Yeah, you get really good interest rates and bonds like right now. All you gotta do is put your money in bonds. And I <laughs> literally told someone that like a couple days earlier and I was like, Oh fuck. Yeah. <laughs> I was like I was like, but I feel like right now, because interest rates are high, like that would be the case, but also I was kind of like, yeah, we probably do, because basically they're just like mansplaining the whole time. Mm-hmm. Um, which I think that's an offensive term as a man. I find that offensive, but <laughs> <laughs> um, but I, I, it was really funny because I was like, yeah, I was like, I've done that before. Definitely, it's, it's yeah, yeah. But I mean, you gotta laugh at it. It's funny. Yeah. I don't, I don't think. It was like men are shit, you know. Like I don't know why people got it so offended of it. They were just pointing out that that um, yeah. I mean it's kind of crazy because like there's some meta stuff. Where, and now we cycle back to Barbie. There's yeah. some meta stuff in Barbie. So you're talking about Issa Rae because she's like President Barbie. Issa Rae, yeah. Issa Rae, sorry. No, you're correct me. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> we. There, she's walking out, and she says the F word, but they censor it. In PG-13 movies, you're allowed one, and so they put the Mattel logo over her mouth. Yeah. And that told me, like, that Mattel was like, we know you can have an F word, but we're not having it. So they were just like, hey, Mattel blocked it. Oh. Damn, and that made me laugh. Damn, that went right over my head. Oh, I just thought oh. they Oh, wow. I didn't even think oh, no. That. No, maybe maybe it did, but for me, I was like, oh, I was like that. I think that's like a super meta joke with the director basically saying like, yeah, we did want Barbie to say that word, and she's allowed to in a PG thirteen movie based on the standards of the ratings. But Mattel was like, nope. Oh, geez. So another way of controlling women, bro. Like, what <laughs> this, you see? You they're see. making they're making fun of. Mm-hmm. They're making fun of Mattel, but mm-hmm. at the same time, at the end of the day, Mattel did limit what they could say. Oh, damn! That went right over my head, bro. I didn't even, I didn't even think about That's, that. There, there, I think there's a lot of stuff. Like I even missed some things in it, but that one thing, I was like, oh, I was like, there has to be a reason they put the Mattel logo. Yeah, but it's also because even if they say it, if you, you know, like lip read it. Like people who can read lips would be like, oh, she just said fuck, you know. <laughs> yeah. So, what did you think of? Uh, real quick, did, what did you think of Weird Barbie? Were you because she was my favorite, and I was talking to my best yeah. friend and my and uh, his girlfriend who absolutely despised that movie. She's like, I hated Weird Barbie. I'm like, how do you hate Weird Barbie? Uh, weird Barbie was fine. My favorite Barbie was Pregnant Barbie. Oh. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and everyone, whenever they saw her, were just like trying to ignore the yeah. fact that, that even exists. <laughs> like, like, pregnant Barbie doesn't do anything, but she, the fact she's pregnant, and every time she shows up, people are just like averting their gaze. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's just like we we can't have her pregnant. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> 
But I think even, I, uh, it, go ahead. I think the biggest dilemma and takeaway here of Barbie was did you wear pink or blue to the theater? <laughs> I don't think I wore any I think I wore like black or whatever. I'm more of a blue person myself. Um I don't I don't have an issue of pink. Really. It's, a, it's not my favorite color. Because I wore um a juice world shirt, so <laughs> I didn't go on TV either. I asked my sister, I said, Hey, you you wanna go you wanna like do pink or blue? She was like, No, I got off work. Let's just go. I'm like, all right, like let's just go. And no. the whole theater looked like a baby shower. It looked like a whole gender reveal. Like I don't oh, know. Wow. Yeah, like everybody was decked out in pink or blue, you know, but mostly pink. Like men and women, like all had pink. I I don't know about when you saw it or when, but oh my god, I me mean, when I saw it. But I saw it opening night, so therefore, oh my god, everybody was stressed out. Yeah, I well, I got sick, so I couldn't see it for a bit. Mm-hmm. So I saw it way later, and it was actually nice because a lot of people weren't there. There was some, it was a group of older women that were all friends that went to watch it, and they were losing their mind throughout the whole movie, just laughing their ass off. Oh, and that's that's the fun part is when like you see um, kind of what probably is the target audience which mm-hmm. which is funny because people think it's like a kid's movie it's like no it's like it the aud- adults it wasn't adults a kid. is the target yeah yeah i, I don't like, know like yeah there were these like 10 year olds next to me and i don't even know i don't want to um <laughs> like shit on their like critical thinking you know what i mean and deductive reasoning <laughs> skills they were just laughing throughout the entire thing and i'm like yo barbie's crying right now barbie's speaking some real shit you know what i mean and i wonder if they <laughs> I wonder if they can comprehend like what she's really saying because I'm not a woman and I was just like, oh wow, like, oh wow, this is kind of deep. And they're just like, ah. and I'm just yeah. like, I don't know if they get it, you know. So it's definitely not a kids movie. You could take your kids to go see it, but I just don't know if it's a kids movie. I think I think kids will enjoy it, but some of the stuff will go over their head. But yeah, that that uh, like what I said earlier, that sequence when she goes to the school and starts crying like that. That did hit me where I was like, oh, that's fucking sad. Yeah. Yeah. It felt real bad. Yeah. And and meanwhile, Ken is just seeing all these pictures and stuff, you know, (laughs) men on horses and Ronald Reagan and all that shit. And she's just having a breakdown (laughs) by being called a bimbo. You know what I mean? By these 12 year old girls. So, yeah, the the dynamic is was really interesting for sure. Yeah. Well, we were talking. We talked about SAG. Mm hmm. And Barbie. So since we're probably going to be trying to talk more movies and everything, or maybe we'll spin off into something else, and hopefully they get both of our sounds on this platform. We'll see. But I want to ask you, what are your favorite movies? Man, this is a very, very this was this is very hard question. Like this might be harder than the SATs. Like these, this is harder than you know applying for college. You know, it's this is a hard question and. I got maybe 10, but do you want me to tell you the top five or three? It's hard because it's it's so hard. Well, see, you'd, you'd have to do it off the top of your head because, like, I'd really have to think, but just off the cuff, off the cuff, like, not even saying, like, you can come back in later and go, ah, I changed this and put this out. But then, because you change over time and what. Right. Affect. Actually, you know what I'll say? I'll say this, and I think this is a better one because this speaks more to me because I think favorite goes, what are the most, what was what are the most influential movies? Like the ones that made you go, wow, like, holy crap, or you never forgot the experience or it made you want to get into acting or mm. anything. 
Mm, okay. Um, I can do okay. Well, one as as cliche as it is to say, and I hate that I have to say this because this is such a well-known movie. Like, in everybody, people dress up as this guy character as Halloween, and he's such a great character. But uh, I hate to say it because it's such a basic, you know, basic opinion. But American Psycho for sure. That's <laughs> love really? that. That's yeah. a basic one, really. Maybe, maybe to me, it's just because I see every, all the like every Halloween. There's always the guy dressed up as him and always saying these quotes and handing out the business card, you know. So, but I like black comedies. I, I just, I just like that dark, very like absurdity and sense of humor. But that yeah. one, um, Dark Knight, of course, Logan, um, Hacksaw Ridge, uh, The Prestige, Remember the Titans. Um, going off the cuff. Uh, what else? Dazed and Confused. That's probably my number one. I love Dazed and Confused. Ultimate like chill flick, classic movie. I love Dazed and Confused. Um, what else? The Departed's pretty good. Oh man, I've yeah, never seen Dazed and Confused. You never seen it, Interstellar? But yeah, so those are like probably my top ten. Uh, probably like my top ten movies. Oh, the Shawshank is up there as well. But if you, I have to say my number one as of right now to this day is probably. It probably it goes between it goes between we're just gonna say Days and Confused because I just like Days and Confused the most. I've never seen Days and Confused. Yeah, man, you never seen it's a good one. No, well, like when you're talking, well, I thought it was interesting you did the Prestige because I don't think a lot of people talk about that movie and how amazing it is. Mm-hmm. Also, you, I constantly forget how good of an actor Hugh Jackman is because I just kind of expect it. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, and like his, uh, him when he acts also as his double in the prestige mm-hmm. is some of the best acting I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. Um, for sure. I mean, I never forget that Hugh Jackman is a great actor because Wolverine, like, Wolverine no, no, is- I, yeah, I was gonna say that people are like, he's just Wolverine. I'm like, do we not forget how much shit Wolverine had to overcome, like overcome, and like he goes through? Like, X Men always was going through shit, bro. Like, you know what I mean? And Hugh Jackman had to put all those emotions on screen. But going back to your point, I, yeah, Hugh Jackman's a good actor. I'm just saying, I don't think he's ever put in a bad performance, and yeah, so no. it gets to the point where you just kind of expect him to be good, so you forget like, oh, he's really good. Mm-hmm. And then on occasion, you'll see um, him go even above how good he is and you're like oh yeah like like prisoners prisoners is good oh yeah prisoners uh, was prisoners was really good yeah and then and then you know he's great as wolverine and then um but knowing the prestige that where he plays the drunk uh uh what is it double yeah is amazing but but with these movies like days and confused like what is it that made it where it had an impact on you not just this great movie i would say one the soundtrack i think any movie that has like a really good feel good soundtrack is good it introduced me to some music that i never really like listened to so i was like okay this is cool and the soundtrack went perfectly it was like the synergy between sometimes the scenes and the soundtracks were really good but also kind of like during that time there's like these high school movies right and you can always relate between like popular and the jocks and then maybe the stoner maybe the like the outsider the kid who maybe wants to escape that you know loomy d- dumb doofy town you know so you have all these characters 
and you know it's it makes you just feel good honestly man if you if you watch the movie because it's such a simple pot it's like the end of summer fourth of july and you know they're they're just these kids and it's in the 70s so you're seeing like the bell bottoms you know war lowrider why can't we be friends is playing and it's 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 aesthetically pleasing because i'll say you get the style you get um the style the music the characters and you know all of that stuff within that time of the 70s but also you're seeing like high school and you're seeing matthew mcconaughey who's famous for the all right all right all right that comes from this movie and he's basically like a you know like a maybe a 25th year senior who can never just grow up you know so you're getting all these different dynamics of like these high school characters and you can kind of relate to them in a sense where it's like where am i gonna go what's my future looking like and then we also knew these people in high school who were like okay this person probably is gonna just forever want to be popular and they're never really going to do anything and then you also got these people who can't like see the forest for the tree so it's a, it's a really good coming of age film for that time and it, and it, it really just makes you feel good and then you know it has those themes of like you know like sex and then you know like maybe you know maybe i don't want to go to college like i don't want to do things the traditional route and there's nothing wrong with the traditional route you know what i mean so none of these kids are like anti-america anti-war it's not like that it's just like hey like Maybe my journey and my path is something different. And, you know, like, hey, maybe it doesn't mean it's the wrong way. You know what I mean? It's just not your way of doing it. So I think it's that, you know, the experience of, you know, the past slipping away and the uncertainty about the future. Like once I graduate, like, where am I going to go? What does my path look like? So I say that. I, I wish I saw it then. I mean, I knew a little bit about it, but I definitely wish I saw it when I was younger. Uh, but I, I've always heard to watch it because I know that like Ben Affleck and a lot of a lot of people mm. are in it. <clears throat> and um, so any other movie that, that oh, has an one, impact? Bro, the cable guy. Oh, I love the cable <laughs> guy. I love the cable guy. Uh, I just love Jim Carrey. But um, the cable guy is just such I always put people on that movie. They need something funny to watch because I'll never forget the first time I watched the cable guy and it's so <laughs> it's just like like I said just the, the black guy like the he, Jim Carrey's character is just so unaware of what's going on or like how he actually like how he comes across that it just makes it so funny right and I mean we all know a character like Matthew Broderick who there's nothing wrong with the guy but he kind of is like spineless and you know doesn't want to rock the boat and even his girlfriend gets tired of him like there's nothing wrong with him it's just like hey like is there anything more to you, you know? And then Jim Carrey, you know, and he comes around and none of, he had no friends. Like Cable was his, like, Cable was his babysitter. But in that same way, like he's so intense and he has no situational awareness. And I, that's why I just love that movie, man. I, I love so, that movie. So when that, when that movie came out, I remember being panned and I kind of saw it and thought it was like, okay. Mm -hmm. um, you know, but I was really young too when I saw it. So mm -hmm. I didn't get all of it. But when you're talking about it and I'm remembering it, that movie would have done way better if it was today. For and sure. it was a character that just lived off of YouTube and TikTok. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. Like it, it would yeah. it would translate so much. Yeah. yeah, like you you could remake that today and people would be like, oh, I know something like that. Yeah. I don't know if you could have any actor captured the way Jim Carrey does because Jim Carrey is just <laughs> one of a kind with how he brings these characters to life. Him and Adam Sandler, it's like, you know what you're getting when you watch those movies, but each and every time you watch those movies, it's still, like, funny. And, like, at least in my opinion, and the, and the outcome is always pretty good. So those are those are some of mine. I named, like, maybe 12 or 10, but the top mm -hmm. 
the top two as of right now who I, I just love. One is like a great comfort, like my ultimate comfort film, and one's probably my favorite film. And, you know, of course, there's other ones too. But go ahead. What about you? Um, For me, the thing, the most influential movie I've ever watched was probably seeing The Empire Strikes Back. Okay. Star Wars, The Empire Strikes Back. You can say whatever you want about any other Star Wars film, and I'd be like, yeah, okay, you know, whatever. I think Empire Strikes Back is one of the greatest movies ever made. Okay. okay. Like, like, really, I think the directing, the story, the acting, the plot twist, like, I, I think that's kind of a, a perfect movie, and it, and it got me into Star Wars, even though I don't really care for Star Wars as much anymore. And also, I think people sleep on Mark Hamill. Like, everyone's acting's good in that, but Mark Hamill's really good. Mm-hmm. It's just Mark Hamill and a damn puppet in a swamp, and it's just you, you're transfixed on it. <laughs> <laughs> it is. Yeah. It's R two D two Yoda and Luke. That's mm-hmm. the majority of the movie in a swamp, just talking. Yeah, and I mean, I definitely agree with you as far as that's the movie that's interesting. You said that got me into Star Wars too. You know what I mean? My sister is a way bigger Star Wars fan than me. Has a you know a Darth Vader you know tattoo and everything, but. I remember watching that again like you and the first time I watched The Empire Strikes Back and like you said that plot twist at the end like my whole mouth you know like about maybe 15 million flies would have went in because I was like what you know what I'm saying and after that you know it was you know it, it was it was it was you know on like Donkey Kong after that man I know people don't say that anymore jeez I, I sound so old just saying that phrase no no because history repeats itself it, shit she it, used to be old is now cool again yeah, you know, so it, 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 I get it. But yeah, go back to what you said, bro. Go ahead. I agree. No, that's, I think that's why, like, people don't real, they keep re editing it and, and ruining it. You can never see the original. Like, now when Luke falls after he um, gets his hand chopped off, it's him yelling. But in the movie, the original, he doesn't yell because he accepts his fate. He's like, he's like, no, I'd rather die. I'm not going to join you. Um, so, uh, Luke's whole, like, arc is, like, my favorite thing, especially in Part Strikes Back. Um, <clears throat> other movies, animated films have a big impact on me. Okay. I think, uh, Princess Mononoke was, like, super impactful. I don't know if you've ever seen that movie. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, uh, it's a Miyazaki film. It's the only PG-13 one he'd ever made. Right. And... Yeah, Princess Mononoke is the shit. Um, and it's about two women, one that's kind of nature and the other that's industry, industrialized, and uh, basically in a male-dominated world. One of them is developing guns and scaring all the shogun in a way, and the other one is um, like the princess of the forest, and you have a warrior who's cursed, who's uh, the male, kind of the male lead, even though they're all like lead characters. And he's uh, trying to fix the issue between them. And as he says, I'm, I'm trying to see uh, with eyes unclouded by hate without mm-hmm. using any, no bias between it. And it's, uh, it's a really interesting film that you can kind of interpret a lot. Um, and Old Boy, Old Boy, just uh, which is out in theaters again now, um, and I'll warn you, is one of the most triggering movies you might ever see in your life. But if you want to talk about a perfect uh, film, it's a Korean film that got me involved in watching uh, South Korean films. So when people talk about like Parasite and all this other stuff, like they're good, 
But when I saw Old Boy, it was just like, what the fuck is this? Really? Yeah. Wow. I love Korean cinema. Because, like, you ever do you watch any Korean, uh, South Korean cinema? Not really. So, like, everyone watch. I haven't watched it yet, but everyone watches watch Squid Games. Oh, if that's then, then yeah, we've seen Squid Games. Squid Games is great. Yeah. So, like, South Korea is like next level on films. Like, they've been for a while. Um, and what my favorite thing about Korea is because I'm 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 more of like a classist, like Marxist type. Like when I was studying it, like I believe a class is tied to anything more than anything else. Yeah. Um, when you're talking about like social construction, and my favorite thing is, is like Parasite. It is everything in South Korea is about class because there's no racism. Mm-hmm. Everyone's South Korean. Right. And so that's what Squid Game is. It's all these poor people trying to win the money. Mm-hmm. And and so everything you watch in South Korea is so tied to class. And it's just fascinating the way they discuss it because they don't have to discuss any other thing but class and gender, you know, gender and class, basically. Mm-hmm. And um, but but old boy, you want me to tell you what it's about? I just read the plot and I was just you were like, it's. Well, you were like, what the fuck is this? I was just looking at the plot and I'm like, yo, this sounds deep. This sounds like, ooh, this sounds like a crazy ass movie. Yeah, it was a, it was a Japanese manga. And, and also Steve Spielberg was going to, uh, so they made an American version. Don't watch it. It's terrible. Um, but they were going to make it more based on the comic, even though the movie twist is way better. Um, and... Steven Spielberg was going to direct it, and Will Smith was playing the main lead. Really? And they canceled it. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think another. Dark Knight's a big one, I would say, because I just think that is is the best superhero movie ever made. In my opinion. I think it's the best. Um, I'm trying to think of anything else, but th- those are the ones off the top of my head that are like super. Like I think Empire Strikes Back is like me as a kid. Me as an adult being introduced to foreign cinema, it was like Princess Mononoke and Old Boy. Um, I've been, I think, more uh, affected by by shows more than sometimes film. Ooh, okay. um, <clears throat> but I used to collect a lot of films and watch a lot of different ones. And um, I will say, uh, I think watching Scorsese's. Um, uh, what is it called? I watched Taxi Driver and Goodfellas. And that was very like, oh my God. That was very influential. Um, and then like two years ago, for what some way, reason. In what way was, real quick, was Taxi Driver and Goodfellas influential? Like, I, I never knew you could make movies like this. Like, I was just like, what the fuck? So basically, like, I had, um, I had a writing teacher Mm-hmm. And one of the things he did is we had to write about themes and he gave us the list of the hundred best movies of all time. And I love the Godfather. I think it's brilliant and, and all that stuff. But I started watching Scorsese stuff and I just could taxi drivers couldn't comprehend. Now when I'm older, I can. And Goodfellas was just one of, it, it was almost like I lived the experience. I was just so immersed in the film and it, it just kept going. You know, you talk about, some of those movies that are long, but you you're you just kind of the movie ends and you look over and you're like three hours passed. Yeah, and and that it's it's that sort of magic that um he kind of hit with uh with Goodfellas for me, and 
when you're talking about like Scorsese, like when you were talking about, you talked about what is that movie called? He did um, uh, with Matt Damon and Leo. Um, Matt Damon and Leo, the, the Departed. The Departed, yeah. Yeah. So like, like three years ago, I don't know what happened, but during Christmas, because The Departed pissed me off originally. You said The Departed for some reason. Yeah, originally it pissed me off. That ending pissed me off. Um, <laughs> it, I mean, it's a great movie, but at first it pissed me off. But for some reason, I was like, I'm going to watch this again. And in one week, I watched that movie like four times. Yeah. And I'm like, I think this, this might be his best movie. Time. But with, with the building and then, you know, the scene where they die on the, like that, that was the scene. But like the whole movie was just one of the best one of the best movies that just had like all these different, you could just tell the writing in that movie was just so intense. Like, you it, know what I mean? It Probably... consistently comes full circle. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It, it, I don't know what it was, but every time I watched it, I discovered something new. Mm -hmm. And um, it, it's one of those things where before I was like, this is a really good movie, but I kind of hate the ending. Yeah. And then when you watch it again and again, you start realizing like, no, this ending's brilliant. Yeah. It's like it's like one of the best. It, it, it especially the the epilogue ending, the the last last scene. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that, I, I don't to, want to spoil it. Yeah. No. I wanted to. I wanted to ask, like, because what did you say? And then tax. And then you said Taxi Driver, the one with Robert and Jodie Foster. Yes. Okay. Why? Um. Uh, honestly, because of of how violent it was, I was like, "Good Lord!" Because yeah. like it, it, it's hard to watch. And um, the, so like people are talking about Joker, and Joker is a is a good movie, but like a lot of people don't understand. Like they've never seen Kings of Comedy or Taxi Driver, which Joker is is based on, mm -hmm. and they both have Robert De Niro in them too. Mm -hmm. He's he's in Joker. He's in Taxi Driver. He's in Kings of Comedy. King's comedy is when he's a comedian that kidnaps the uh, talk show host mm. and hosts it on TV. And the taxi driver is basically the first like portrayal of a person of mental illness and mass shooter type. Yeah, and I think Taxi Driver came out in like '74, so the violence at that time, you know what I mean, really upped the ante because it was just like, whoa, never seen this before. You know what I mean? Yeah. So you've seen Taxi Driver, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's it, the writing. Everything in that movie is kind of brilliant because there's there's a it like it's it just kind of goes over your head when you're like 18, and then you watch it again a couple years later. Like every time you watch it, it's that scene with Harvey Keitel. I think it's Harvey Keitel's the pimp. Yeah, someone pointed it out, and every time you watch it, you're like, oh my god. And it's <clears throat> the fact that he's like talking about him getting an underage prostitute. He's saying all the stuff say, you can. I Thank you for Claire, because I was, I don't know if you saw my face, but I kept thinking, I'm like, I swear she was underage too. Like there was a lot yeah, of yeah, yeah. where you were just like, what the fuck? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. Well, it was, a, it was a cesspool. New York was a cesspool. And he's sitting there going like, you do this story, you can do this story, you can do this. And it's like the most horrific shit ever. And then he points at me, he goes, but no rough stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and you're just like, oh, this, this is the, they know what they're doing in this movie. And, um. And he's justified in the killing, but he's doing it because he wants to kill. He wants an outlet. Yeah. Like, there's... 
yeah, there, there's there's a lot of shit in that movie uh, that's kind of brilliant. Scorsese he's just amazing. I can't wait for his next movie. The Tell one that's uh, mm-hmm. yeah. The trailer was just like, like whoa. Well, you know, th- that's what's so cool about some studios is they can invest. So Apple has just a shit ton of money. Yeah, and they they basically went to Scorsese and said, "Here's two hundred million dollars. Do whatever the fuck you want." Mm-hmm. And 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 it's one of those things where like because it's Scorsese, like why mm-hmm. wouldn't you? Yeah, you know if you were rich and you're just like, "Hey, I want to see what you would want to make now," right? And it's like I'm gonna make a true crime story about. Uh, I mean, this thing this really happened mm-hmm. with with uh, Native Americans where they. Yeah. They had, yeah, and I think that's going to be fascinating to watch. Um, but I'm trying to think of other movies. We can talk for a few more minutes if you want. I still yeah, have time. I wanted, yeah, I wanted to ask because you were like Apple has a shit ton of money, but I was going to say, just in my opinion, out of all the streaming services, I almost feel like Apple has the weakest content. You know what I mean? That's probably like the weakest platform, at least in terms of movies they have some really solid foundational tv shows you know what i mean like c was great you know didn't finish it but the first season was great the morning show the first season was great severance i heard severance is great you know what i mean but i feel like i've been thinking about this actually okay i've been thinking about this um on there last night and i was just like yo i was trying to help my mom find something to watch and i'm like yo there's not shit on apple Ooh, I'm not trying to shit on Apple. I mean, you know, I, you know. I don't have their service, but mm-hmm. but see with Apple because of how much money they have, I think they're thinking long term, okay. and that's why I don't like the the new CEO of Warner Brothers Discovery, um, like changing HBO Max to Max. Because mm-hmm. see the way the reason HBO works is because over a period of time they have consistently made quality, where even if you there's nothing new to watch, you can then go like, oh, I've never seen The Sopranos. And you watch The Sopranos and be like, God, oh, this show's amazing. Exactly. Um, the Wire, you know what I, I mean? Yeah, The, the Wire's amazing. Uh, yeah, if you want to talk about shows, The Wire. Um, they, Apple, I feel like what they're doing is they're in this for the long run. Like, they're going into this like, like 50 years from now. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like what they're trying to do is just like, hey, even if we break even, just make some decent shows and continue to do this and we'll just slowly build up because we can afford to. Mm. And, and, you know, I mean, why not? And even if they're not uh, the number one streaming, like they'll be fine. Like they'll do decent, but that's, that's how you have to build a platform. You got to consistently make good stuff and make it timeless. Yeah. So, so I think they'll do okay. They're not my favorite platform, but in 20 years, I might be like, Apple has such a great platform for shows. For sure. Do you have, like, just, like, off the bat, like, your favorite platform or the platform that you find yourself on most out of any other, like, streaming service? Uh, it was Max. Okay. It was, H- it was HBO Max just because I think HBO has some of the best content, and I love Cartoon Network. Mm-hmm. So I love... Uh, I don't have any streaming other than like Prime right now. I'm trying to save money and I'm not kind of watch what I want. I like Netflix, mm-hmm. um, but for a long time I was HBO Max. So I got the good deal and I'm watching like The Last of Us and House of the Dragons and then watching Cartoon Network on there. And I'm just like, God, this is so great. And then they 
killed all their shows and got rid of shit. And uh, I'm just kind of like, also, to be honest with you, like, also, uh, because of the SAG after stuff, fuck some of these platforms anyway. <laughs> like, you know? Yeah. I don't, I don't, I get why people get Disney, but I don't, I don't really care for it. And now they're, now streaming is basically becoming cable where it's like, oh, you can get Hulu and, and Disney Plus and, uh, you know, and, and, uh, what is it called? ESPN Plus. Yeah. And I think Hulu's great. I think Hulu is a good platform uh, that has a mixture of things, actually. Yeah, I feel like Hulu gets like the least amount of love. You know what I mean? As far as when you talk to people, like people have Hulu, but people don't really like rave about Hulu like they maybe rave about like Netflix or like Max, you know, or some D- Disney Plus too. You know what I'm saying? So Hulu, I feel like Hulu and Prime specifically, like, are kind of like at the low end. Maybe Apple TV too, but I, I just think people like. Apple TV is, I feel like it's one of those platforms where it's like, if you know, you know, and like, either you get it, either you get it or you don't, you know what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. I agree with Hulu. Hulu has some really great stuff too. Um, I've been watching like so much Atlanta on Hulu because Atlanta's on Hulu. Um, <laughs> yeah. Was, was that because you just started watching or did I mention it at one point? No, I've been watching it. I just like, I never finished like the last season. I waited for all yeah. the last season to just drop. So then I've just been watching that in and out. And then um, what else? Freaks and Geeks is on Hulu too. So, you know, that's kind of some, another like reason why I, I like Hulu too. You know what I'm saying? And Hulu has some really good original ass movies. You know what I mean? Hulu has some weird ass shit, like movies, but the movies are good. Like I'll never forget. I watched Run with that lady in that wheelchair and she thought the daughter was sick. Do you remember that? Run? With the girl from mm-hmm. American Horror Story, well, you should check that out on Hulu. It's a, it's a pretty good film, but they have some really good original content on Hulu. No, I bet they do. I was thinking about subscribing to them again. Um, I've been on. I haven't been watching as much stuff because I've been kind of focusing on some other things. Um, I do have a list of older stuff. Like I'm gonna try to finish Atlanta, and then I'm probably gonna try to watch Seven Samurai. Because that's been on my list forever, okay. <clears throat> and okay. um, and a lot of anime. I've been watching a lot of anime okay. recently. So maybe that's like how we should uh end it with saying like what's on our watch list, and like, <laughs> and then like because I have some stuff on my watch list too. So and then we can like maybe you know talk about like the next episode and stuff like that. So why don't you kind of go and I can maybe write some stuff down and some recommendations you have on your watch list. So you said. Seven Samurai. You said some other stuff. What else did you say? Finish that. We well, you know what we're gonna do. Atlanta. Hold on one second. Let's uh, uh, let's call it, and then we'll talk for a moment. Okay. I'm gonna let's call go. the podcast and just say that uh, so far I'm digging it, bro. Yeah. <laughs> I'm digging it, bro. Yeah. I'm digging it, bro. All right. So if anyone did listen, leave nice comments. Otherwise, don't comment. Yeah. And uh, we'll talk to you later. Peace. Peace.